We're here with uh, Peter Sage, and I'm very, very excited to uh, find out more about his adventure this year because it's incredibly insightful. We got a chance to talk a bit beforehand. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you're going to get a ton, a ton of value out of this interview. Uh, we have this uh, personal development through martial arts program, and martial arts are excellent to teach you willpower, um, this idea that you can get over obstacles. However, Martial arts don't really teach you how to actually succeed in life, how to get a promotion, how to get better relationships, how to give, get over addictions, right? Which is something that I'd, like, I'd love to hear more about. And um, that's what I'm looking to get from you, Peter, you know, more insight in, um, in that sense. Mm -hmm. So for the people who don't really know you, just tell us a bit about how you started your journey. How did you become like an entrepreneur? Or is this something that you always wanted to do or... Um, like, was it more of a circumstance situation? It's a classic question that people get asked, you know, are entrepreneurs born or are they made? Mm. And the answer is both. Yes. You know, if I give an analogy of, let's say, a guitar player, you know, everybody can learn to play the guitar. Yeah. But not everybody's going to be Jimi Hendrix or Eric Clapton. Mm. So, you know, there is a natural predisposition. There is a natural tendency. And for many people, that can express itself in a variety of different ways, whether it's as an artist, whether it's as a, a school teacher, whether it's as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, your, your inbuilt natural guidance system will take you towards that if you're willing to listen to it rather than the fears that are stopping you from following it. Yeah. And that's, you know, martial arts are very good at being able to help you know, conquer that and, uh, and outgrow it. But for me, I always, you know, from being at school at a young age, found that I got a gift for business. Yes. You know, I was always selling stuff in the playground. You know, I was always, you know, trying to figure stuff out. And I never saw myself as somebody that would have a job. Yeah. I, I could never bring myself to really comprehend why would somebody settle for less than what they're worth. Now, I now know because some people are very happy to take a job because a job will give you certainty right. to an extent, um, although the, the ultimate job security is in the ability of the CEO to run his or her business. But for me, I'm like, well, hang on a minute. If, if I'm going to earn, even if it's a, a huge wage, I say, you know, 1,000 euros a week, which for yeah. many people in the world would be a, a good wage. Yeah, if I was going to earn that much, it means that the job has to be worth more than 1,000 euros. Did you always have the sense of high self-worth or was it something that you actually built? Because in my case, it was really something that I had to work on. We're born with only two fears, fear of loud noises and falling. Mm. That's, that's the only two inherent fears that we have. But we very quickly learn nice. in an environment growing up where love is rewarded for behavior that if, you know, if we're not good enough, we don't get love. Yes. Yeah, and so we we grow with a huge amount of fears around self-esteem, self-worth. So it's not um, it's not something that many people yeah, have naturally. Mm -hmm, We're born mm -hmm. with it naturally, yeah, but then it's yeah. eroded through childhood, which is our formative years. And as a result of that, yes, there's a lot of personal work and personal growth to for many people to polish the mud off of the diamond mm -hmm. to allow it to shine again. Yes, yes, that that makes total sense actually. Um, why do, why do you feel that, you know, or how, how do you, for the people who are very enthusiastic about, you know, making their lives better, what is the number one tip that you feel that they can get a better sense of, um, of self-worth or going back to that state, that natural state that, you know what, I am enough. 
just the way it is. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants the one thing. You know, mm. they're, they're, life's not an instrument; it's an orchestra. So there's many different factors. But you know, if I was to try and address the question as best I can, yes. yeah, the the ability to be independent of the good opinion of others. Mm. You know, I call it goop. G O O P, the good opinion of other people. Yes. All right. Many people spend their life swimming in goop. They become this giant adaptation machine, which means that I'm not going to be authentic. Mm. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have my personality shine through as best I can, but I'm going to modify my behavior yes. so that I will do things that I feel will get me approval, significance, connection, validation. Yeah, all of the usual suspects that people crave because they don't give it to themselves. So if I was to give one tip for being able to shift your life, mm -hmm. to be able to create more self-esteem, yes. it would have to be to recognize that the good opinion of other people is a weight around your neck that will give you a, you know, a fast trip to unhappiness for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Get, get out of it. You don't need it. In fact, I used to say when I was 21 years old, mm -hmm. when I have as many hate websites as Bill Gates, I know I'll be doing well. <laughs> yes. And the modern equivalent <laughs> to that is Donald Trump. I mean, yeah, love him, yeah, hate him yeah. is not the issue. You know? yeah, yeah. Like his politics or don't is not the issue. The fact that this guy yeah, is you know, starring in his own movie, as we all do, mm -hmm. and he's playing the role of the most powerful person in the world in his own movie, yet half of his own country hate him, mm -hmm. you know, or mm -hmm. more. That's so funny because you said he he's, care. he's starring in his own movie. I said, they're making a movie now? <laughs> <laughs> we, we all star as the actor in our own movie. And this is a, a critical analogy and lesson for people to understand. You know, you know, we act in every single scene of our own movie. And so by definition, everybody else in our movie can only be one of two things. They can either be a film extra, which many people, that's it. Yeah. And occasionally supporting cast, like, you know, wife, spouse, child, boss, what have you. Mm -hmm. But 99.9% .9 of people in our movie are film extras in our movie. Yes. Now, the challenge is because of that dynamic, we tend to think as we're the star of our own movie, we think everybody else sees us as the star of our movie. Mm, yeah. But they yeah. don't. Why? Because by definition, what role do we play in their movie? As extras. As an extra, yeah. Maybe yeah. supporting cast, right? Yeah. yeah. But what it really means is that most people don't care enough about you to bother to give an opinion yeah, because yeah. they're too busy being worried about what they think you're thinking of them. Absolutely. And I had um, um, experience, a very similar experience in college when, uh, when I went there because I was trying to have everyone like me. And it's always like when you try to please everyone, you always get the opposite. Yeah. Uh, not just that, you're guaranteed to be inauthentic. Yes. You're guaranteed to live a life of reaction to other people's opinions, which you can never control. Mm -hmm. So you're stressed. Yeah, you're guaranteed to never have the courage to be able to be, you know, to state your own opinions mm -hmm. for fear of what other people will think. It's a life of suppression yes. caused by you know, a, a ghost that doesn't exist. Because I say most people don't care. Yeah. As soon as you walk out of the scene in their movie, they're, they're focused on whoever else is walking into uh, and what they think of them as the star in their own movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it has a lot, a lot to do with um, education, the first years of education. Um, let's dive into your experience from the past year. You had a you had a rough ride this year, but from what we've uh, discussed before, it actually turned out to be a very very enlightening um, experience. Can you tell us a bit about how it actually happened, like your version of um, of the story, and you know how you felt uh, in the beginning? What were your uh, aha moments, and how do you feel about it now? 
Yeah, all in 30 seconds, hey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll try and keep it brief because, and again, I don't want to turn this into a, a point-counterpoint on circumstances because that's not the, the, the reason we're here. But you know, the, the, the short story is you know, I was um, uh, in court uh, and I was actually, we were actually, as a civil matter, mm-hmm. uh, I was being sued um, over a business deal that you know, I was arguing with a, a major national company with. And um, they put a freezing order on me. I tripped over a few things on that and found myself in court uh, charged with contempt, mm-hmm. uh, which I never for one second thought would, would fly. Right. And I learned a lot about, you know, it's, it's who's got the best lawyers and who can tell the best story uh, rather than the facts. Yeah. But you know, yeah. it's, that, that's just the nature of how the system's set up. And I, I write about that in, in, in my journal. But uh, the long story, uh, short story is that I got sent to prison for contempt of court um, as a civil prisoner and sent to one of the toughest, most, most violent jails in England. Mm. Uh, and I was there for four and a half months uh, before being transferred for the last few weeks to a, a more open prison. And it was a fascinating adventure. It really was. And yes, I, I learned a huge amount out of that. And you know, it was, you know, I, I could, you know, looking back now, I can, it's easy to say for, for many people after something, well, yeah, you know, yeah, it was a dish in the buffet of life. I was glad to try, you know, yeah, a little yeah. chewy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wouldn't order it again in a restaurant, but I'm glad to try it. But I'm actually, you know, going in at the beginning, mm-hmm. that was my attitude. I actually wrote my first letter out of jail was um, um, all about how excited I was to have been smuggled into prison as a non-criminal, as a secret agent of change to be able to go and help people. Absolutely. And that was the attitude I went in with. And it never changed from that day to the day I walked out. Absolutely. And guys, before we started this interview, I got a chance to see some of the, the letters um, that the prisoners wrote. I mean, they were very lucky to be like uh, enclosed in there with you. you um, there were some cases where you helped people get over uh, drug addictions and completely change their lives. Right. So, you know, I, from what I can see, it's like one of those things that you cannot, you know, it just happens. Is one of those things that you're supposed to do. You know, the, the river of life never runs in a straight line. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see any straight lines in nature, they're man-made. You know, right. they, they don't exist in nature. Sure. Yeah, and, and the closest you can get is a canal, right? And there's no life in a canal as mm-hmm. opposed to a river. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rivers wind, they twist, they turn. That's the nature of life. Yeah. Yeah, everyone that's trying to carve a straight path out for their life mm-hmm. knows that the answer to the question is, is it, you know, does it happen? No, of course not. We can never tell what's coming out of left field. Right. But... My relationship to my challenges is one of you know, only two or three different things. One is that you know, they're there because I wasn't paying attention to something. It's yes. like the rumble strip on the freeway. You, know, you drift off and brrr, it's there. And for so many people, that can be a health challenge. It could be a relationship breakdown. You know, it's, it's a rumble strip to say you were drifting off course. That's interesting because the first time I ran over that, I thought there was something wrong with my car. <laughs> and, and what many people do, they're driving along and they're listening to their music and they're having a good time. You know, they're partying a bit hard and all the rest of it in their life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, brrr, they hit the rumble strip. And let's say they have a, a, a mild heart attack or, or you know, a, 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 a stress attack or something. Right. They go to the doctors. It's the rumble strip. And what do most people do? They find it inconvenient, so they turn up the music on the radio because you know they, they're <laughs> yeah. quite happily driving along. Yeah, and that makes so sense. yeah, it's either the rumble strip or it's there as a teacher. Right. It's there as a graduation event. You know, we go to college uh, or we go to school. It's not meant to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be fun. Yeah, it's not meant to be you know traumatic either. But it can be all of those things. Yes. But the job of school is to present you an environment where you can make better choices so that you have the ability to become smarter 
Oh, intellectually. That's mm-hmm, kind of what mm-hmm, school is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, we can argue the toss on whether it does it effectively these days or not, but that's a different conversation. Yes. But the job of school is not to make you smart. It's to provide an environment for you to make better choices. Yeah? And it can be happy times and sad times and everything in between. Mm-hmm. The job of your teachers in life, yeah, it's a, you know, and at the end of the school year, guess what? You have an exam to take. Right. And if you pass the exam, you go to the next year, and guess what? The answers are harder. The tests are harder. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, meant to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you fail the exam, you go back and resit the year in school. Awesome. Now, prison for me was very much a graduation event. And again, I wrote this in my first letter. Yes. Uh, and it was a case of, you know, I'm here to hopefully practice what I teach and see if I can do it in an environment that tests me past mm-hmm. anything I've been in before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I may not succeed. Yeah. But I aim to learn as much as I can, and I know why I'm here. I'm not here over some stupid argument in court. What was the meaning that you gave it? I mean, a lot of people watching, maybe they're dealing with uh, very difficult situations. I don't know, maybe financially, maybe with their relationships, or maybe, I don't know, in some cases, maybe they're getting ready to go to jail themselves, right? How do you deal with that? What is the meaning that you give to a situation like that so you don't necessarily, so you don't lose hope, but you actually make it in a positive uh, learning experience it's all about your relationship to what happened i wrote an article inside uh, called mud or stars which mm. changed a lot of people's lives and you know and literally hundreds hundreds of prisoners many who got off antidepressants yes. uh, just through reading that and I'll, I'll make it available for you to be able to share with that you would be amazing people. yeah okay, so uh, the link yeah and i'll um, it was written from a, a perspective of when i went into jail nobody was giving any support mentally to anybody, you, you like hit the ground hard and it's like deer in the headlights, especially if it's your first time. Right. Now again, I didn't see myself as a prisoner, not for one second. I saw myself as, you know, say, somebody there to, to help, as a help. secret agent yeah. of change. Yeah. 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 And so you know, I'm looking around, what can I do to help the system? So I, I thought, wouldn't it be great when people first arrive for the first ever time to have something that they could at least teach them something to shift their mindset? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I call it model stars over the old um, uh, adage, which goes, two men sat behind prison bars, one saw mud, the other saw stars. Yeah, because the condition is identical, it's how yeah. you choose to perceive it. Yeah. And here's yeah. the thing, most people are running around in life with a rule set and a belief system that says, something has to happen out there in order for me to feel this in here. In other words, you, it's like you've got two filing cabinets. Yeah, and what you're really looking for, which is certainty or happiness or you know, uh, uh, calmness, is a feeling. Yes. And feeling can only be found in the filing cabinet called internal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do we do? We go searching for it in the external filing cabinet. Oh, when I get a new car, when the judge says that I'm released, or when all this kind of stuff. Feel, yeah, you can yeah. spend your life looking in the wrong filing cabinet, trying to find a feeling that's in the other filing cabinet. Yeah, yeah. That's, so knowing that you know, a where to look is one big point. But the second thing is, again, it's the meaning you give it. Acceptance is the first step. Yeah, and if you don't accept what has already happened. Right, because you're resisting it, you will set yourself up for a lifetime of misery or you'll set yourself up for an uphill battle to try to be happy that's never going to happen. And I love the definition that you gave, um, that you said that you wouldn't, you wouldn't see yourself as a uh, prisoner but an agent of change, an agent of you were there to help, right? Like, guys, if, what if we all just, you know, woke up in the morning and just um, saw ourselves like an agent to, to, towards contribution, towards making you know i wouldn't necessarily say better because sometimes better you know brings worse and worse sometimes brings better right? it's a very subjective statement yeah yeah but just like feeling that you're you're useful to to the world to humanity and of course to yourself right 
if you want to get over your fears, there's only one way to do it. Mm. Find a reason that's bigger than you. Mm. What was your why being there? You've already read the letters. Mm. You know, I was there to help. I was there to make a difference to people who would never normally get access to my work. You know, I spent three decades in, in personal development. Yeah. You know, I've spent you know, a quarter of a century over helping people to try to shift their mindset to be able to have a relationship with life that's empowering. But the very people who probably most need that will never get access to my work in jail. So, you know, you know bring the mountains to my hammock. You know, it's like send me in there yeah. uh, as a sentinel, as somebody that you know, obviously had his own lessons to learn yes. yeah, about ego and, and a few other things that put me in there. That's, that's fine. You know, uh, that, that's part of the, the, the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But can I really add value at the level that I'm adding value? Uh, to the people that, you know, it's, it's not on stage, there's no cameras, there's no second takes. One wrong sentence means you can have a sharpened toothbrush sticking out of your chest. Mm. Were people violent or did you feel, um, did you feel threatened in the beginning? <sighs> Three deaths in one week was the worst week I was there. Wow. Attempted murders were commonplace. Hospitalizations were almost a daily occurrence. Violence was a daily, more than daily occurrence. Blood on the floor was a daily occurrence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is a massively different environment to you know, what most people even imagine in the movies. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the prison I was in, uh, Pentonville, uh, is you know, one of the, the, the worst prisons in, in the UK. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you, you've probably seen the film Shawshank Redemption, a lot of people have. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to Shawshank in its setup, apart from a smaller exercise yard, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about the same age. Okay. Yeah, Two hundred year olds. Awesome. Uh, and but yes, I, yeah, I never felt threatened. Really? I ne not for one second. It was very strange. But you know, because my 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 fiance Thea, she was, you know, she was obviously you know, massively worried. Yes. And because you know, I'm not a violent guy. I you know, I don't do martial arts. You know, I yeah. can I can yeah. talk a lot faster than most people hit. <laughs> you know, and well, most people talk like hit very very fast. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, and. So, so I'm, I, I've, I've never been the violent type. Now, does that yes. mean to say I can't step up when it happens? Of course, but I'm, I'm not a trained fighter. I, I, I'm, I'm a trained mediator. So you went there with the certainty that you're going to be fine, right? You yes. never had like a moment like, will, will I ever get, will I get out of this alive? Or will I ever get there out? was some moments and some of the letters in there is, is where people, you know, first noticed me when I was diffusing situations, you know, violent situations. Mm -hmm. Um, and because I think I was there to contribute, because I was there to share, and I wasn't asking anything in return, yes. it kind of gave me a, a bit of a Switzerland mentality. You know, I was kind of neutral ground. Yeah, you yeah, know, people yeah. would come to me to help sort out issues. Uh, people would come to me to help write them letters because most people, and a lot of people, in there couldn't read or write properly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah. There was there was a lot of um, respect that I, I you know, within a few weeks I was kind of the unofficial wing social worker. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. Actually, when did they actually figure out that you? You were there to, to help, or there was something different about you. I don't know if there was a there was a point because obviously you you're interacting at different levels, and but you know you, you show up as, as who you are. Mm -hmm. You know you get a flower in the room. At some point, people start to smell. You know there's a rose or, or what have you. It's you, know, you you affect it as you go and where you go, and that's all you can do is show up as the best version of who you are in those circumstances. Yeah, that's all I tried to do. Mm -hmm. uh, there was one time I remember I was in I was in the exercise yard. And I was teaching some of the big guys. There's a lot of guys there, a lot on steroids, a lot of you know, sort of significance driven, and, and they're doing chin ups. And I'm, rather than trying to beat each other's reps, I, I said to the guy, I says, Hey, guys, says, try and do an isolated chin up. So you're not counting reps, you're counting time. So you know, rather than trying to do 15, you do 16, you're using all different muscle groups to try to go to compensate, which is all about image. Mm -hmm. Try and do 30 seconds up, 30 seconds down, continuous movement, and then do 40 seconds up down, because then you can't cheat. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then within a couple of minutes, I hear a, a fight start behind me. And I look around, there's two guys starting to get really aggressive with another guy who's arrived that day and somebody's recognized him as a person that, you know, I think, you know, helped put somebody else into prison. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's not a place you want to be. Right, right. There's 50 guys out in this exercise yard that all of a sudden I find myself in a circle uh, and there's four people. These two guys looking to beat up this other guy and me. Mm -hmm. And there's like 50 odd people around, like three deep. My first thought immediately is, how do I stop this? How do I break this up? How do I, how do I get involved and diffuse this situation? Right? About nine milliseconds later, followed by, this is not the time. <laughs> get the hell out. Yeah, you, 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 you've got to pick your battles, right? Yeah. And, I, and I, moved, I, I got out of the, the, the uh, through there. And, um, and within 20 seconds, there's dogs and guards and like people running in yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it wasn't all about, you know, you've got to be intelligent as, as well as you know, uh, know when to, uh, when, when to walk. Absolutely. I was actually thinking, you know, how is he going to do it? You know, how is he going to stop this fight? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's other times where yes, I, I, you know, I'm, I step in and I, yeah, I'm, I was able, luckily, to, you know, diffuse a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it's all about being able to have other people get off their own ego, yeah, raise the significance of others, mm -hmm. which you know is something that martial arts does very well. It, it pays so much respect even to opponents. Yeah. yeah, it's about how do you how do you raise the significance of other people, and you know, uh, if you do that, you give them really what they're craving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't mean be, be a doormat or, or be less than because of yeah. and I say thankfully for, for the four and a half months I was in there I was able to navigate that minefield of violence and drugs and, and yeah, all of the, uh, the depression um, pretty much with immunity I'm, I'm very blessed for that and, but also have a huge amount of empathy for the people in there that yeah. don't have access to the, you know, luckily 30 years of, of training that I've And had. a lot of them are there because, you know, they're born in the environment, an environment that um, encourages this kind of uh, mentality. You know, you're just like, you're a product of your environment. Conformity. C conformity, 1,000%. Mm -hmm. You know, you hang around with 10 drug users, chances are you're going to be one. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And that, if I were born in a, a similar neighborhood, I would probably be in the same situation, right, regardless of... Uh... It's not an excuse, but it is a strong influence. Yes. But everything is also a choice. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. can choose to remove yourself from that environment. Yeah, like Oliver, one of the guys I was telling yeah. you about. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking Just came it. out of, of prison, yeah, 15 years on crack and heroin, mm -hmm. about rock bottom, suicidal. Yeah, I spent yeah, three months working with Oliver in the prison. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's now off drugs. He's And the first thing he did when he got out, he's you know, getting himself on his feet. And him and his mum are buying a house you know, outside of London, outside of the environment where he was influenced with drugs. Yeah. Uh, and over on the coast to start a new life because you realize how important it is to surround yourself with a positive level of influence. Yeah. And luckily we can do that now, not necessarily with proximity, which we always had to do. We can do it with podcasts. We can do it with you know, online mentors. We can do it with all sorts of books. You know, there's no excuse anymore not to make better decisions. Absolutely, and by the way guys, I actually read the handwritten letter by Oliver and uh, Peter had a huge, huge influence in his life. Like in three months, he completely changed, right? Hmm. And that's inside the worst prison in yeah, yeah, where yeah. most people come out more addicted to drugs than when they went in. Absolutely. absolutely. Do you feel like um, you have, um, are you planning to help a lot more inmates now? Uh, yes. I When I was in there, the first thing I did was look at what could I do to help the system. Mm -hmm. And it didn't take me long to find out the system doesn't want to be helped. Mm. Yeah, It's addicted to the status quo. It's mired in a, uh, a conformist, politically driven yeah, sort of Maya that just yeah doesn't serve the outcomes. Yeah, 
And so I, I put an entire program together on how to shift that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was in my second letter. And uh, I laid it all out, tried to get some buy-in from the governors, a um, lot of resistance. But one thing I wanted to do was put together a new prisoner induction booklet that had model stars, that had references, that had a letter that helped people shift their mindset to give them a choice because that will make a massive difference. And so I'm working on that right now with a judge actually that has a, 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 I've been helping put, uh, refine a personal development program that um, he's been amazing at being able to put out into uh, uh, into the prison service. So th- th- there's, there's ways that, yes, I'm hoping to leave a lasting impact on top of what I did while I was in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so interesting. And it's very interesting how these things uh, tend to uh, work out themselves, work themselves out. Because if you didn't have this experience, maybe inmates would never have the opportunity, like you said, to get in touch with uh, with personal development, with materials like this, right? So it was a huge, huge blessings for, for um, everyone who's facing time in jail. Oh, I, I have absolutely no regrets about, about what happened at all. Mm-hmm. It was one of the most incredible experiences and adventures of my life. I wouldn't swap a second of it. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and we, it's, it's a growth opportunity for everybody. Mm-hmm. And while I was in there, I, I got six months unplugged mm-hmm. yeah, without telephones, emails, battery life, push notifications, all the stuff that you know, encroaches on us today. This is not an encouragement. <laughs> but one has to take time out. Yeah. Because when you see the brain science around how you know, we are conditioned to be, you know, to stimulate our amygdala consistently to lose attention, the, the biggest skill set you can develop yes. in terms of being productive is concentration. Most people can't concentrate for three minutes without looking at their phone, even if the push notifications haven't gone off, to see if there's something there they haven't seen yet. Yes. And to spend six months out of that, now it was. I remember that the it was literally after three months, three months and nine days, my journaling started going to an entirely different level. Mm-hmm. And the last three months I was in there, you know, so six months in total, yeah. was it was so profound. So it brought so much more depth to the work that I now do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my next seminar, I'm I can't I'm so excited to be able to give because the depth of information I'm bringing is such totally a different. different. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be able to share. That wouldn't have happened had I not done that. You know, guys, if you ever had this experience where you're just sitting by yourself, you know, no phone, just looking out there in, in nature or whatever, just just staring at nothing. And then you start having these insights out of nowhere and you're asking yourself, where did that come from, right? I'm, I'm guessing that this happened over and over and over while you were there. Uh, yes, because I was very mindful about what my energy levels are at. For most people, again, depending on you know, what level you want to get into here, but you know, I'll uh, challenge a couple of, of belief systems. You know, we don't think our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a that's a misnomer. Yes, people think that oh, our brain generates thoughts. No, it doesn't. Now, it doesn't generate thoughts any more than a radio station generates music. Yes, it's a receiver. It's a receiver. Yes. Now, all of those thoughts are constantly playing at whatever radio station you choose to tune into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So, if you're depressed, how many happy thoughts do you tune into? What music do you play on your radio station? It's not difficult. Yeah. If you're happy, how many depressing songs suddenly start streaming into your consciousness? It, it doesn't happen. Yes. Right, so we are radio stations. We tune that frequency by raising our vibration or not. Yes. Electronic stimulation, overstimulation lowers frequency. So you're going to be stressed, therefore you're going to tune into stressful music. Mm. And so you know, if you start to understand that in there, there is massive negative music playing constantly. Really? In prison. The, oh, you the, mean like the, gen- the general vibe, energy right? in prison mm-hmm. is apathy, fear, anger, 
you know, uh, um, uh, shame, guilt, or all of the low-level stuff. Right. And if you don't protect yourself by consciously directing your own energy, your own thoughts, your own thinking, by default, you'll start listening to that music. How would you do that? How would you keep yourself or keep your frequency high? First thing is understand that this isn't about you. It's a bigger why. Mm. Yeah? Yes, I'm here to learn my lessons. This is a graduation event. You know, if I'm starring in my movie, going back to that metaphor, then guess what? Like Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's pick Daniel Craig. Yeah, let's pick James Bond. Yeah, as a, as a, as a, as a slightly I'm less contentious. Fine. I, w I will watch the Donald Trump movie, to be yeah. honest. I said that. I think it's more of a soap opera than a movie. But, yeah. but um, yeah, let's say you pick a James Bond movie. Now, you get Daniel Craig, current James Bond guy. Yeah. He's going to read the script and accept the script or not. And once he accepts the script, he's then, as a professional actor, going to you know, act that script. Now, there's going to be parts on there where he's with the Bond girl you know, in bed yeah, having a great time. Yeah, those scenes he probably likes to shoot. Yeah, there's going to be a scene where he's under the Arctic frozen ice wrestling underwater with a baddie, mm. right? He has three months on set away from his family. Yeah, you know, stuntmen around, freezing water. Not the best scene to act, but it's part of the movie, mm. right? And he's a professional and he does it. You know, I'd love to act in more scenes where I'm with my, you know, my fiance and we're in bed or I'm walking my dogs or I'm on, you know, drinking nice wine. Yes. But there's also scenes where I've got to go and spend time underwater fighting the baddies, right? Because it's part of makes me a better actor. And that was just a, I was shooting the prison scene in my movie. I was happy with that and that was my relationship to it. And I'll get the job done and at some point I'll be back home and I was. So that was, that helped me shift my contextual relationship to the environment rather than think, oh my God, I'm in prison. No, I'm shooting the prison scene. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here in this movie called Life, regardless. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I want to I want to be the best actor I can be in. How do you do that? By challenging yourself. Yeah. yeah Look at the greats. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. Yeah, Bob Hoskins in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right. Yeah, groundbreaking performances from people that push the boundaries for others to follow. Well, what boundaries are, are we pushing in our own lives? Or are we trying to hide out in a comfort zone of mediocrity and then wonder why we're unhappy? Yes. And by, by the way, guys, this is gold, gold. If you are in a difficult situation in your life or if you want to have, um, have, I wouldn't necessarily say improvement, but if you just want to change your life or have new experiences, this is very, very powerful. Just accepting the idea that you're not just going to have like the fluff and uh, the good, you know, the, the moments that you enjoy, that you're going to go through some uh, difficult scenes in your movie as well yeah. Yeah. The, the purpose of life is not to be happy mm. right well, why do people follow that fairy tale yellow brick road and wonder why it, it leads nowhere yeah the purpose of life is to grow up mm. emotionally yes uh, and most people unfortunately are emotional teenagers that are collecting a pension you know and we, because we're not taught it's not our own fault we, you know we need guidance and, and we, there's very few people out there that are able to guide now i've been very blessed to have some amazing mentors in my life to be able to follow yes. But our purpose of life is not to be happy, just like the purpose of a relationship is not to make you happy. If you think that, then you know, you're in Disneyland. Yeah. Purpose of a relationship is to bring your disowned parts to the surface so that you can actually accept and include them and grow up to be more loving rather than more judgmental. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you think your partner's job is to make you happy, good luck with being frustrated or single for the rest of your life. Yeah, so you know, life isn't here to make you happy. It's an School is not there to make you happy. Just it's not there to make you smart. It's there to give you an environment to grow. Yeah, life, earth school, if you call it that, mm -hmm. is an environment we come into 
in my belief, so that we can make better choices to grow up so that we can choose love instead of fear in more challenging circumstances. How do you feel that you've grown out of, um, after this experience? Do you feel you're more humble or what, what has yeah. changed? The, 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 I mean, there, there's certainly some lessons I need to learn around ego, right? But I'm, you know, I don't know if you've ever familiar with the term indigo children. Yeah, I'm, I'm a classic indigo at every level. So my nature is to resist institutional authority. Oh, yeah. My nature is to kick back. Yeah, I'm exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. and and so it's tough. You, you you put me in a situation where I think somebody's you know doing something that you know, is not playing with a straight bat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to kick back. Right. And if that doesn't fit the parameters of of you know, social you know, law and justice on how it's been constructed to support that level of yeah you know, uh, uh, dogma, then yeah yeah I'm going to find myself in jail at some point, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. and so yeah, as, as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, which I didn't. As long yeah. as I'm not, you know, making anybody else feel less than, which I didn't. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there was, I say, there was no crime here. Yes. Yeah, there was me resisting you know, a, a set of, you know, legalized handcuffs, if you like, or, or you know, corporate handcuffs that somebody had engineered to try to, you know, in my mind, teach me a lesson that was out of order. Mm -hmm. So I kicked mm -hmm. back, and yeah, that got me to uh, court and in contempt. So as a result of that, yeah, I had to probably learn some, some more refinements around being more humble. Because when I went to court, I was there to battle with the people that put me there and, and rather than apologize to the court for tripping up over a freezing order. Yes. Yeah, I, I got it completely wrong. And I write about this in, in my, my third letter. <laughs> Excellent. So do you feel that if, by, if um, you would have been more humble then in that moment, you would have avoided this whole circumstance, this whole situation? Yes. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and that would have robbed me of the gifts that I've just had for the last six months. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, people say hindsight is a wonderful thing. No, mm -hmm. hindsight will you know will rob you of of the lessons you need to learn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And guess what? We're not here to be perfect. Yes. If you think you're born on planet perfect, then stop smoking whatever you're smoking. Yeah, that's uh, you know a lot of the things that you feel that are negative that is gonna that are gonna happen in your life. Most of them are blessings in disguise, without which you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be the person. That you are today yes yeah 100 we, we, we don't learn from the white squares on the chessboard mm. you know when the sun's out and we're kicking back with a margarita and everything's cool yeah yeah who you are doesn't have to show up there yeah that your limits there are not tested yeah yeah you that, that that's tiny little weights in the gym so you're saying that i don't i cannot drink margaritas every evening for the rest of my life and sit back well, if and do, do nothing then you'll probably hit a rumble strip <laughs> Right, which will be you know, life's way of saying that. Well, okay, let, let's compensate that for you know a health scare, yeah, yeah, or a, a, a girlfriend that doesn't appreciate an alcoholic. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what's your view on life right now after this whole experience? Not much different in terms of my relationships. Life, I, I adore life. I am so grateful to be here every single day. Win, lose, or swing the bat. It's it's a case of, you know, I'm I, I want to squeeze every drop out of every day that I can. And I'm happy to have these like kind of experiences. You know, again, that's a side of life I'd never thought I'd ever get to see apart from movies. Yeah. And it's not like it is in the movies. You know, now again, would I go revisit that? No. Not necessarily. You know, no, not, not, not my first choice, unless there's lessons there I need to learn, in which case, yes, life will send me back to college to, you know, to pass the exam if I failed it the first time around. Yeah, yeah. But for me, life is, is, a, is, is an amazing gift. You know, I, I've been up, I've been down. I lost virtually everything going inside. Yeah, you know, this isn't a case of, oh, it's okay for him because. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. I, I lost my business. I lost my reputation. I lost my, yeah, uh, uh, or my, my money. I, I lost, you know, virtually I bad to lose my home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you've got all of that weight on your shoulders as well. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So it's not a cakewalk. 
But who you are is not what you have. Yeah, yeah we're not going to take it with us. The only people that tried that were the Egyptians, and we dug it up and stole it. And that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we're not here to accumulate stuff. And everybody that gets to the top of Success Mountain thinking that that's where they find happiness wants to jump off because they realize they don't. You see that in every lottery winner that's, that's you know, pretty much out there. Yeah. You know, or stressed out you know, entrepreneurs that think, oh, if only I make my first million, then I'll be happy. And guess what? And then you do, and then you're like, is this all there is? Well, now you've yeah. got to make another million in case you lose the first. And you wonder why your kids are on drugs and your wife's having an affair with a gardener. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, you know, for, from, from that perspective, it's not about trying to be happy. It's about being able to pursue happiness. Or oh, sorry, happiness is a byproduct of your pursuit of growth. Yes. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstances. And by the way, guys, um, an incredible, incredible tool that I found to... Um to dive deeper and center myself and go, you know, focus on the things that really matter in my life is meditation. And also and through our martial arts training, we get more in touch with our bodies and, and uh, feel a lot more comfortable living in our bodies. And just as you said, the only thing that you own, and maybe not even your body, actually, you don't even own your body sometimes, right? Um, is the state of, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens. It's not about what I have. It's just about this whole journey of going, uh, going through life, right? Are you worried that you're not going to build a business again or? Right? That's who I am. I built 27 so far. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I do. That's like saying, you know, uh, to someone who's had their guitar taken away, do you think they'll ever learn, you know, they'll ever play the guitar again? Yeah. Just yeah, find another guitar. Absolutely. It's, it's an expression of who you are. That's, that is so you awesome. know, I'm, I, 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 I can't wait to bring what I'm doing right now and already started yeah. Yeah, back to the market. Yeah, and the first thing I, I'm doing that with is by sharing the private journals that I wrote inside. Yes. Where can people find them? Because you wrote close to a book, right? Or uh, a yes, whole book. It's, right? it's actually a, uh, a real-time account of what was happening as I was doing it. But what I was doing, I was writing in a way that teaches people how. Yes. Yeah. So you know that they're, they're break. You know all the way I was dealing with it, the tools, the techniques I was using to try to cope with this traumatic experience that most people thought I I wouldn't survive. Yeah. How I was helping others, whether it was in suicide or drug uh, addiction, uh, I broke everything down and wrote it in a in kind of a real time journal that I shared with my my coaching clients at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I I came out, I reread it. I'm like, wow, there's so much in here, and people were saying you you've got to share this with the world. Yes. So it's it's at my website at petersage.com, mm -hmm. and and it's called the Inside Track, and I'm very grateful to be able to offer that out to whoever you know, wants to go read and, and and check out, see if it's something they want to you know, benefit from. Absolutely, guys, I totally um, recommend checking out Peter's uh, website and downloading the the book. Can they order it on paperback or uh, uh, not yet? Uh, and at the moment, as I say, just go there. It's download. It's complimentary. It's a gift that I want to give up to people coming uh, as my way of coming out, and um, yeah and go use what you learn in there to be able to help yourself and help others. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the best way to actually help yourself is by teaching this stuff to other people and just sharing with, with other people. Yeah. Life is about growth and contribution. Mm -hmm. And that's the dividing point between really getting out of the emotional immaturity and learning how to grow up in earth school to become a better version of us. You know, the second we realize it's not about us, all stress comes from us focusing on ourselves too much. Yes. Yeah. Once we start being able to get a, something that's bigger than us to contribute to, we align with the natural order of nature, which is growth and contribution. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the river tends to flow a little easier. That is so nice. That is so nice. 
thank you so much for for your time and uh, and your insight oh, I'm, i'm very very grateful that you're here in uh in bucharest uh romania and uh i'm sure you know the whole community over here is is very like Um, because uh, Peter is holding a, an event today for us, and we're all like pumped to to attend it. Me too. <laughs> I, I can't see wait to see what I'm going to share, but it, it's been beautiful. It's my first trip to Romania. I've, it's very rare that I get to come to a new country these days, and uh, I've been so looking forward to coming to Romania for so long. And I've got you know, so many people here that have been so supportive of my work. It's 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 truly blessed and very humbled to to actually come and and be amongst the energy of you guys. And you've got such a groundswell of people that are embracing personal growth and development. It's you know it's it's a pleasure to be able to come and serve. Awesome. Guys, please um, go ahead and check out Peter's uh, website. I'll post a link in the uh, description and absolutely download his book. You're going to get a lot, a lot of insight and a lot of value. Thank you so much. Pleasure, my friend. Brilliant.